he throw it off my swing. You going? You said it was going. Like I said, is it the going? mic like, going, like, nigga. The mic is, is going. The mic is going now. <laughs> Soccer record. Yeah. What's going on? It's hella black. Episode sixty three on this one. We got no name rocking with us. Yes, Lord. Uh, on it we talk the book club. Fuck Amazon Day. Chicago. Uh, her developing radical politics and a host of other shit. Hope y'all enjoy it. Tap in right now. Make sure you tap in with our Patreon, patreon.com slash hellblackpod. We on Apple Podcasts. We on Spotify. You feel me? We on SoundCloud, too. Make sure you tell your auntie, tell your cousin. It's hella black. Fuck with us. Yes, sir. Yeah, this month we're excited to announce some new tiers on our Patreon. Uh, for $5 a month, you can pledge to our extended audio dope tier. Uh, that gets you access to all our extended episodes. For $12 a month, you can pledge to the People's Tier. That gets you access to all of our extended episodes, and 20% of that pledge goes to People's Breakfast Oakland. At $15 a month, you can pledge to the Inner Circle tier. That gets you early access to all our extended episodes. 20% goes to People's Breakfast Oakland, and you'll get a live stream episode. For $20 a month, our core supporter tier, you get early access to extended episodes. You get to ask me and Rola what you want to talk about on the extended episode. Get a live stream episode. You get 20% goes to People's Breakfast Oakland, and then you get your name on the wall of supporters. Our Hello Black Loyalty tier, $25 a month. You get early access to extended episodes. You get to ask us questions. 20% goes to People's Breakfast Oakland. You get your name on the wall of supporters. You get a live stream episode. Then after three months of subscription, you get a Hello Black coffee mug. Sent straight to your crib, you feel me? So you can be on that Hello Black coffee. Not the integrated coffee, that Hello Black coffee, you feel me? So tap in with our Patreon, patreon.com slash Pot. Got a bunch of tiers, you feel me? And, you know, some of our tiers support People's Breakfast Oakland, so you get to not only support Hella Black, but also the grassroots organizing work that we do in the field. Tapping with our Patreon, patreon.com slash Hella Black Pod. Let's get it. Feed FIFO, Cigarillo, Cigarillo, I'm shaking up with the trees, how I keep the leaf in the middle. I'm more than these hotel rentals and dental bills adding up. I'm the Kennedys out for lunch with a preacher martyr the king. I'm Cardi's engagement ring, I'm America showing off. I'm Viacom, Viacom, I'm Chappelle and Pelly, Pelly and rapping like Dialon. Spell it like Dialon. Gave my body to Adam, he told me to lie for him. Apple wasn't the apple, the truest sin was a pussy. I'm patriarchy on Sunday, don't push me, I'm Viacom. Y'all niggas got Diddy money, don't push me, I'm Adam Bomb. I'm Obama pushing the button in Libya, Pakistan. Humanly a hypocrite, the center and the civilian, the pettiest that it gets. I'm America at this best. Yeah, I'm America at this best. It's hella black, baby. Black at it again. Yes, Lord. Oh, my God. It's hella black history. I'm so excited. We got a black power link up right now. Like a real. These niggas not ready. Whoo. Shit. If they thought they was ready, they might not be. But I hope they're ready now. What's up? What's going on? We got a special guest for y'all. No name is in the building. Whoo. We're going to hear like a little horn. Like, duh, duh, duh. <laughs> this is like black leftists. This is for sure. This is it. I don't this know what it. to call this. The real right leftists. The real leftist shit. We're doing something. No disrespect to any sure. of our other guests, because we love everybody that comes on here. But Yeah, I'm probably the least deep into the leftist shit than, <laughs> than like, most of the people y'all talk to, but, um, um, yeah. That's debatable. We'll, we'll see what it is. <laughs> I feel like I just learned what leftist was, like, maybe two years ago, to be honest with you. Uh, like, I always knew what, like, radical like politics a few months ago. I was like, I know what radical yeah. is, shit, so I guess that's leftist, but... Yeah, I don't know. People be calling themselves leftists and then they be voting for Bernie and shit. So I don't, I don't know. Elizabeth Warren stands and shit like that. So I mean, words just don't mean things. Yeah, like that, you know, niggas just be saying shit. It's a revolution through the polls. Shit. 
people got to get how they live. I can't, you know, people believe that electoral politics. I'm not trying to yuck anybody, young, you know. Yeah, we, we gonna... I'm, I'm chilling. I'm, I'm personally chilling. Uh, we might yuck the um. Unfortunately, if you <laughs> we, we ain't fucking with Warren or Sanders like that, so uh, yeah. For those I don't know, we usually we usually try to let people introduce themselves. Um, you know, we we put together a little list of how we would describe you, of course, as a musician. Um, you're the founder of No Names Book Club, and you know I'm gonna say this: we could put an asterisk next to it because you know you might not identify as this, but you're definitely an organizer as well. An organizer, oh boy! By, by definition, <laughs> you bring somebody my, off. I mean, You're that's about just, to piss somebody off. Don't who? Do that. Why not? Is that? I mean, B. You, you don't like being called an organizer. You sound um, that. I think unless I'm like really saving niggas from the play of state violence, I I'm just. I don't know. I mean, I guess. I guess I'm. Yeah, I'm an organizer in the literal sense of word I guess like I've organized events <laughs> but um I think organizer or maybe I'm just putting like a, a very weighted connotation on it but I feel like organizers um for niggas who are literally scooping folks out of the system and shit like I don't know that I'm <laughs> that I'm really tapping in but I, I, I appreciate it I guess you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah I'm, I mean I'm, I'm trying to look at it from my understanding as well when I think about what you're doing as far as like Political education it, and shit. Political education, the fuck Amazon Day, like that's literally bringing people to have a deeper understanding of the white supremacist capitalist patriarchy that is the U.S. and also actively trying to divest from the shit. Like, I don't understand. That's how, true. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like both of us, even we kind of reject that term organizer I mean, sometimes. And, you yeah. know, even though we do that organizer shit, we just be like, eh, we just some regular niggas trying to get yeah, back to I don't, the community. I don't reject it because of the definition yeah. I reject it because I don't want motherfuckers to think like I'm something special. Yeah. You feel me? But like by definition, if somebody if somebody was to call me an organizer, I mean like Yeah, but it's also like me. this is but also it's like, yeah, on some humbling shit. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna be like somebody can't say that no name doesn't organize. Right. Cause like that's what that's, it is. that's, that's, that's what niggas do. Yeah. So musician, founder said, Yeah. I, I, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I was saying so yeah, musician, founder of No Names Book Club, and as of late an organizer how else would you describe mm-hmm. yourself petty <laughs> you said petty you say petty <laughs> definitely petty um how else would i describe myself yeah i think i think i'm all of those things um uh i was so i tweeted about being like an organizer someone said i was a, um like a internet organizer or like a social media organizer or something like that and i was like oh hell yeah this is so dope that's what I am. Um, and then Clarissa, I think you all had her on recently. Clarissa. That's, that's the homie. Um, yeah. And, and she was like, a term that she likes to use is cultural worker. And so I've been thinking a lot about that. And I guess I was trying to describe myself as that, as like a cultural worker, like someone who is, you know, trying to engage in community and um, hold myself accountable as well as like the folks who, who follow my platform um because they've tried to hold me accountable like me working to do the same so so yeah i guess that's a that's a good intro for me that's who i am currently that's what's up yeah i like that term like cultural worker you feel me because it's like 
that's the organizing shit we're doing is we working to push the culture forward in a better way. You feel yeah. me? To change the culture, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And address a lot of the negative shit that's going on too. You feel me? So that's what's up. I, I like that term too. Yeah, no name. You might yeah. not know it, but you know, we have some history with you. Like we been, Uh-oh. We, Uh-oh. We, we got, this might be, this is you and I's first time talking, but me and you got history. This is not you and Blake's first time talking, right? Yeah, we uh we booked you for a show at, at UC Berkeley maybe like five years ago when I was a, a student. I think I met you like oh, wow. real real briefly for our Black History Month concert. You remember that? That's so crazy. Yes, I do. That was so long ago. <laughs> right. Oh man, you were like we were babies. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. I was like, that's damn, so like funny. that was so long ago. Like, and then it's, it's just dope coming, you know, having this shit coming to fruition. Like, you know, four or five years later, it's like, damn, we didn't even have the podcast back then. Yeah. And. Now it's like shit. You're on the podcast and just seeing your growth. That shit, that's just dope. You feel me? Yeah, I have to do the podcast for sure. Yeah. So, so me and B were kind of uh, like before we got on, we were just talking about like, the history of the podcast and how we end up getting to the space um, and the growth that we've had and the success we've had and our, our you know our connection to you of us you know him working with you, um, us both following your music career. Like I can remember the first time I ever heard your music. Um, I was in junior college at Santa Barbara and I had just, just got kicked out of my fucking apartment and I was staying with a friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was staying with her. I was staying with a friend cause I was supposed to transfer to my next, to my, to my university um, in the next couple of weeks. And I was just like staying with her doing my finals and whatnot. And I was working on my, uh, uh, a paper for an English class I was taking and she had put me on the fucking acid rap. And um, I think lost is the song. Right, that's the song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's the first time I that's the first time I heard your shit, and that's the first time I heard Chance too. But I'm like, damn, who would have thought? I didn't know Blake at that time. Um, yeah, who would have thought? Five years later, we'd be doing a, a podcast together. I never saw that shit coming. That's not even five years. That was 2012, nigga. So damn, damn. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like, oh my god! That just sounds so crazy. That's like from first grade to eighth grade, right there, man. I didn't even That's know about podcasting at, at that time. You feel me? So it's like, damn. Here's this person's voice that I heard. Their music is hella resonating with me. Um, and then eight years later, me and this nigga got a podcast, and you a guest on it. So yeah, we got history. That's the long story <laughs> short. You know. That's dope. And thank you guys for having me on. Like I actually really fuck with your podcast, bro. Like I think the work that you guys are doing is mad important. Nah, we appreciate um, it. I'm super excited to like to, to be on. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. We appreciate it. So shit, we could uh um, oh, yeah, for sure. You, you ready to dive into it? Let's get in. Let's let's get it. <laughs> um so we've kind of touched on it within the intro and shit, but you know, something that's really stood out over the last year or so is your political com- is your political commentary. Um right. and we just wanted to ask, you know, like what led to you becoming like quote unquote political. You know, I think when we have other folks on the on, um, on the podcast or when people ask Blake, like he'll say like, all right, like Mike's Brown death is when, you know, we started, is when we started organizing and shit like that. Like that's what led to me being politicized. Um, is there, was there a specific moment for you? Um, I think, I don't know, it was hard. Cause I like, I always grew up around a bunch of pro-black people, so thinking about being political do you mean it from the standpoint of of like particularly caring about um the rights of black and brown people or more so me speaking publicly about shit on twitter like my public politics 
happened like, recently yeah, for different like, reasons, oh. but my, my politics. Okay, so my, my politics, I feel like I've always kind of had them. Um, my mom owned a, like, a black-ass bookstore, and so I always grew up understanding my position in the world as a black person, um, just from her and from like my grandparents sitting me down and telling me all types of crazy stories about their youth and what they went through. And um, my grandfather used to say like, you know, I'm 70% racist. <laughs> and I would always be like, you know, what does that mean and why things like that. So from like 10 years old onward, I think I, I had kind of an understanding of like, I am pro-Black for these reasons, like, just the general, you know, knowing little history here and there, but yeah, I think with Mike Brown and um, other, like, people who have passed and who, whose lives have been violently taken, it maybe deepened it a little bit for me, but it was always kind of there. As far as talking about it publicly, I think that happened um even before i kind of got called out on twitter the reason i got called out is because i was like talking a lot more about my politics and um being a lot more public about figuring shit out you know what i mean yeah um so on the one hand i guess it like the, the twitter shit it kind of drove me even further down the rabbit hole trying to figure out okay just being like pro-black isn't enough just being quote-unquote conscious this isn't enough um and i didn't realize that that wasn't enough until the whole twitter shit happened but i don't like to credit it because it was so violent and it was so non-productive um which we'll probably get into that a little bit later so i'm always hesitant to be like twitter is a space for learning because i don't i don't know I don't know about that. But yeah, that's kind of how I got introduced. And like Chicago is also just a city that is very, it's like hyper violent um, in terms of just the the like government structures, you know what I mean? Like police violence is very brutal in that city. So I think also growing up with that knowledge and and those interactions with the police already myself as a young person like i just kind of had it in me yeah that makes sense yeah it totally does i think about my experiences like growing up poor and black in oakland and i'm sure it's just like any poor black community across uh the u.s like your very existence is damn near political it might not be like a conscious political type thing but just to right but it's like you that shit is in me that shit is around me constantly like yeah especially like a city like chicago i feel like chicago and oakland have a lot of similarities you know it's like the party started in oakland right but like chicago the party was super strong you know you had fred hampton you feel me and just a lot of the organizing that was going on even like the police chief we have right now in oakland used to be uh i think like the deputy chief in chicago you know so it's like there's oh, a lot wow. of that a lot of that history between like departments even you yeah. know like chicago with the black sites opd doing what opd does like kill, hella killings and shit um a sex trafficking ring going on and shit like that so yeah can you talk a little it's bit more terrible. though about like you know how chicago specifically you know like really shaped your worldview i know you spoke on it a little bit um is there anything more you wanted to add to that um yeah, I mean, Chicago Chicago is a city that is 
very complex. Um, for one, it's extremely segregated. So the way the city is mapped out kind of subconsciously creates different, um, like different understandings in your mind about who you are and who other people are and how you function in this in this sort of um, weird space, I guess. So being in Chicago and then getting into like the youth poetry scene and traveling the city and meeting so many different people like from across the city, not even just in terms of like, oh, I met the white kids up north, but like it, it, it's segregated even by um, poverty in, in some ways, because if you literally cannot afford to get to the other side of the city, you're just stuck. So there are a lot of black folks on the west side who I had never connected with and, and learned about outside of just the like petty, uh, <laughs> like beef between regional politics. <laughs> outside of that. So um, I think, I think having that understanding and, and like seeing how different people live within the same city and how, um, how the city treated black people uh, like within these different little regions was, was really, I guess, what informed like my vitriol for um, probably whiteness at first, but then when I learned that that is not the end of it, that it does go to the capitalist and the patriarchal standpoint um, for that as well. And I guess like also being in Chicago and being around so much death all the time, especially people who were very close in age um, to me, it informed my uh, my art. And I think that's why my music is so sad. <laughs> um, even living in LA, even making an album out here, because I grew up in that shit, I'm just, it's just in me, if that makes sense. Like, I can't really shake it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it's like the nightmares that you just you still have from like it's childhood trauma. And I didn't think I I really didn't think it would hit me in the same way because I did grow up with with certain privileges because my parents were entrepreneurs. So like I lived in the hood. I lived in the same hood um, as like everybody else, but I was afforded certain opportunities because my grandparents owned a landscaping company. My mom owned a bookstore, um, but it that there if you live in a neighborhood where there is it's hyper violent that's just it is what it is no matter if you're the one family on the block with riches or not and we definitely weren't that either we were like barely making it but still compared yeah. to other people on on like on my block um you can see the difference and shit but at the same time like i still was on the same block when i seen a little girl get shot you know what i mean like and those kinds of things, I don't know if it's like singular to Chicago, but because it's happened in my city and that's all that I know, um, I still create from that standpoint. I'm still very much, you know, angry on Twitter because of these things, because of these memories. Um, Chicago is like my, I don't know, it's like a nigga who I, I can't shake. Like, I love him so much, but also like, you are not good for me. <laughs> like you are very destructive to my well-being, like my mental health. But I love you, like endlessly. You know what I yeah. mean? I don't know if that makes sense, but that's that's my Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of feel. I mean, I I think that's like a normal 
probably a pretty common um, understanding of of folks' hometowns, especially for like you know for Black people. Because I feel that I feel that same way about Oakland. I, I think oftentimes you know we had these conversations around like, well, why don't you just leave? Especially when you've put yourself in like you in L.A. now. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas, I could probably leave and go somewhere, but I love Oakland so much. I just can't leave, and even to the point yeah. where I'm near, I don't even know like. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I have so much pain here, so much trauma here. Like, yeah. I've been here for so long. Like, my worst memories are here, but also I have like some of my best times. And I don't know if some I'm of just, your best. Yeah. yeah, it's like a love hate relationship yeah, for sure. But I also carry that shit everywhere I go because even when I go to other places, I like I look for Oakland. <laughs> you still an Oakland nigga, like? <laughs> oh yeah, no. Literally, I live in like I live in Jefferson Park, which is like the hood as fuck in LA. Like I don't I'm not living like the, the traditional, you know, oh the rapper moved to LA lifestyle like to the point where I've told other people, other musicians who um are are locals who grew up here and shit, like like, oh where you saying? I'm like they're like, Ugh, why you live over there? Like you decent now. Like you got bread. Why you why you over there type shit. But I mean I just hood. I don't know. I think no matter what city I moved to, I'm not that I have to live in the hood, but like I have to live in black community. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> and black community that I feel comfortable in. Because niggas would be like, oh, well, you could, you know, you could be in Baldwin Hills or whatever the fuck. So, yeah, yeah it just is what it is. No shades of Baldwin Hills because I definitely be over there all the time. But I definitely <laughs> love my neighborhood. No, nah, <laughs> nah, I definitely, definitely um, understand where you're coming from. Um, Another question I was, I'm really looking forward to, to hearing your response to this is um, like, how has the development of your politics shifted the way you move through um, music in general? You know, I think it's safe. Like, I think it's safe to say you've always been um, conscious, like conscious, aware, yeah, yeah. Uh, musician, but you even talked about like, now you're saying shit that's not just about being pro-black, but again, a, connecting those systems yeah, like, to like capitalism, anti-white supremacy, you know what you I'm know? saying? Anti-patriarchy. Um, you, you starting to address class and shit, right? And we also know like entertainment isn't really like a PC space or a safe space or a space for marginalized folks to to thrive, um, like in their in their entire beings. Like I think about my experiences in music and how if I try to get certain musicians like to not use certain language, you know what I'm saying? Because you don't know who's in the room or like that's just harmful in general or reinforces these same systems we're talking about. And I can only imagine mm-hmm. what that experience is like. You know, that's me as a cishead male. Like, that's, I have that privilege in that space. But as a black woman, like, I don't, I'm, I'm assuming, like, you know, your political commentary has, has caused for you to have to, like, kind of, I'm mean, like, creating problems, Oh, yeah, you know? no, it's, it's definitely, <laughs> I definitely pissed off several people. Um, you got them crackers mad, huh? Several people. I, yeah, they, <laughs> they mad. They are upset. They are very, very angry. Um, which I didn't really, I mean, I, I definitely did it to piss people off like some of it like some of the memes and shit um and this is purely because like as I started you know digging deeper and and becoming like radicalized and shit like that um I started following people who are on that way so I'm following all of these crazy ass black leftists who are you know they can they're so free and they can say whatever they want so I'm thinking like hell yeah nigga fuck this shit I'm gonna say what I want um <laughs> and I, yeah, I cannot, I can't do that. But um, no, it's it's honestly like up until this point, I haven't really had any issues navigating uh, my career because I don't know. It just 
like the like sexist elements or anything like that never really came up. That was never really an issue for me. But now um, I think it's hard because I don't have, because I've decided to publicly make certain statements and say certain things, people don't allow me the wiggle room to still be figuring it out. Um, and that kind of sucks because I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm understanding capitalism and I'm trying so, so hard <laughs> to make sure that every move that I make, every business intention, anything that I do is coming from a place of self. Like I try not to involve any outside entities unless it's like, okay, I'm getting booked for an actual gig and that feels like someone is contracting me to do work and that's okay. But like brand partnerships, all of that type of shit, I don't do that. Um, and not to say that it's horrible to do that because people still do need to pay their rent. But for me personally, it feels better not to. But then when I when I say like, oh, um, you know, I don't want to continuously perform for predominantly white audiences. And then the Coachella announces it's like another, a whole nother um issue which when i did make that statement i also said that i had some more shows on the books but obviously people washed people right over what they want to remember <laughs> and, they, and they remember what they wanted to um but yeah if i i now i just feel like now i put myself in a very almost dangerous position which i i should have thought about it a little bit more but um sometimes it's scary to think about what if i'll never be able to make money again in this way because i've made these statements like i can't like if i changed my mind and was like desperate for cash and was like okay fuck it, i'm gonna just do this one little fast because my mama need it and i just need to get this quick check real quick um i can't do that like i feel like i'm kind of i feel like because i'm so anti-capitalist publicly it's boxed me into being like okay bitch now you gotta be broke as hell <laughs> Um, or else people don't believe you. People don't believe that um, you were genuine in, in the things that you say. I mean, because even when yeah. I was publicly speaking, people were like, you know, well, you can say that because you, you got a blue check and you're and you rich. And I, I know other people's perception is, is going to be skewed because they don't work in the industry. They don't know how much my like operational costs are. They have no idea, right. <laughs> um, you know, how like how much I have to pay in order to just sustain but that's the perception and it's and it's like oh uh, like i kind of feel like i i trap myself unknowingly like i should have maybe thought about it a little bit more before this damn like i'm gonna speak totally vulnerably and and as angrily as i can in this moment yeah no i i feel you 100 percent. like because it's like it is people be so woke that they forget that they were at one time not woke too. You feel me? Or like it's become this like whole hierarchy within woke politics. Like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. Like, bruh, yeah. like we live in a sea of capitalism, you gonna get your feet wet. Like, even though we is anti-capitalist, right? We still have to engage with that shit to meet our basic needs. <laughs> one thousand percent. No, literally, especially if you're like if you're taking care of the needs of other people as well. Or if like even for example, with book club. Um, I started a Patreon and that's, you know, been dope and like, we've been able to do a lot with it. Like for the first time last month, I was so excited. I didn't have to come out of pocket for all of our meetings. So that felt really good. Like the community paid for it. 
but you know, I want to do the prison program and we're not at all close to being able to raise enough money for me to like start it the way I want to. And I want to use like the Coachella funds for that. Like there's so many things that I'm wanting to do with this money that comes from, you know, this fucked up system. But at the same token, it's like, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. No, you can never win type shit. I mean, but that's you how it's designed. You, just, you cannot win. That's how it's designed. <laughs> and, then, and that's what Twitter is. It's like, you know, there's great parts about Twitter, but there's also like this just hypercritical, you know, very quick to like cancel. I mean, you life, know what I mean? Life isn't just theory. Like that's what motherfuckers be moving through life is everything is just theory. Like, nah, Fact, fam. Say like, that, yeah. like, you, like it's, life isn't just theory. It's not just, you can't just be saying things and think that like, okay, that's how life actually works. Like, nah, nigga, there's practice in the, on the, the practice is always going to be a lot harder than the theory. Always going to be a lot harder than the theory. And sometimes it's not even the room for you to even put the theory into practice, nigga. Because it's just theory. <laughs> like, and it doesn't have Literally. a real world application. It's like, bro, if I'm trying to get this, you know, like we had the breakfast program. Like we have to literally raise money to feed people. You feel me? Which has led us to having to work with folks. You feel me? Partner with people. You feel me? To get people the material resources they need. And some people are like, oh, you know, it's like we just did a, a residency program at Patreon. Like, and someone's like, oh, you got corporate sponsors now? I'm like, bruh, first of all, it's a residency program. We're learning these different tools. <laughs> and they're not a corporate, they're not sponsoring us. But that, that was your first response to us. You feel me? Like going into a program that oftentimes, you feel me, niggas with our politics don't get the access to. And that's your first response. The, like, the thing is, these critiques are never going to come from folks mm. that's doing the work. Like that's like, and that's the part that's the most fucking irritating. Like, y'all, it really does come from people who don't do shit, and that's fine. <laughs> like, no, like you are not obligated to like uplift people out of their situations and shit, or be you know like a a beautiful soul to society. Like, if you want to sit at the crib and bitch on Twitter, like you definitely can do that. But why would you tear down people who are actually putting in work? Like, that's what I never understand. All the all the celebrities and the, and the and the different you know really like specifically black men who are out here super super like I will die to this capitalist shit. No one says anything, and then my little petty ass like everyone has words for me, and well, I'm just like, what? Right, this, <laughs> like, I mean, me of all people, really? Like, bro, Tyler Perry over here, like, what are we fucking? <laughs> Ain't nobody out here telling this nigga to give people jobs or no shit like that. Yeah, it's like, oh, we we go applaud Tyler Perry without even fucking knowing what he doing. Like, okay, another Medea film. Let's, let's round of applause for Tyler Perry. But, like, niggas is actually doing shit for the community, and that's when people have all these fucking opinions. Right, and that shit. So many opinions. That shit, wow. Like, if your opinion ain't helping the people, I don't need to hear it. <laughs> like, of course, there's room for critique okay. and shit, you know, and room for... Always. You know, if it's productive, if it's, it's productive, productive, yeah, and it's actually a goal of building rather than just fucking tearing down for your, you know, your hundred fifty likes. Like, oh, y'all, y'all niggas <laughs> on Patreon, y'all got sponsored by like, nigga, it's Patreon. Like, <laughs> are you crazy? It's people. <laughs> what know, are we choosing be, to yeah. contribute? Little people <laughs> to support the work. People don't be knowing what they're talking about. Yeah, that's all. Like, you got to. A lot of people just <laughs> out here yelling. And we, of course, we go and like dive into that a little bit later. But people just be talking and putting pure assumptions out into the world with no understanding okay. of actually what's happening yeah no they don't have no clue what's going on behind the scenes they just make assumptions and i mean i don't know to your to your, to your point about you know like getting the coachella money and feeding it into the community like 
that's not harmful. Like, how is going to perform at a festival? Like, that's how I look at shit sometimes when I think about who we, who should we work with or the uh, the ways in which we acquire our, our, our money or whatever. It's like, who, like, are the folks that I'm working with, like, what, what type of harm are they causing? Or like, what, what is, what is this job that I'm going to do? Like, what is the, what are the, what's the harm that could be caused? You know what I'm saying? And if the harm is, um, white people, motherfuckers going to be saying, I'm not aligned with my politics. Uh, I can kind of deal with that. Cause I, I know what's actually going on. Yeah. You know like, the truth about yeah. what's going on it's and like, where nah, the money you just, is. You just, like a lot of the times when I'm up, especially with radicals, like people just waiting to see that we don't align with what the fuck we be saying. They just waiting. That's really what it is. They just waiting. So they, they can say like, you just like everybody though. else. That's what they want. They want to be like, oh, you just like everybody else. So you got to take all this shit with a grain of salt. And that's still for real. I'm like, damn, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold on to that for real. Cause I'm like, and you a lot more visible yeah, than us. Right. A lot more visible, but it's just like, man, motherfuckers, how I'm supposed to be out here doing the work and worried about what y'all think about me? <laughs> and working nine to five? Come on, my nigga. I, I don't got the capacity for that. Like, right. And stand on my rent. Y'all don't do nothing. Shit, man. I'm, I'm just trying really to just be yeah. doing the work. I'm just trying to eat, man. Microwave my Trader Joe's burrito. Like, chill. I need some time. <laughs> and you really got to find, like, you really got to find peace in the, like, community organizers that are fucking with you. You feel me? It's niggas that have really been out here doing this work for hella long who are like, nigga, we. I don't like. I don't want to use the word cosign, but like, niggas are acknowledging the work that you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, nah, people have definitely. That's one thing that's been like so amazing about this whole process is the amount of people who, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking like these are the real organizers, you know. But like the folks who are really, really with the shit and like in the community and have been since day one, they've been they've been receptive to me. I've reached out to people and and they've been super receptive. Or folks have reached out to me. And that's been like, that's really been the one thing that has sustained me and kept me going is knowing that the people whose opinions I truly, truly value are, um, are seeing what I'm trying to do and they are willing to help me. Like we had, um, even Clarissa, for example, we were talking about her before, but like she's been helping me find a location in Atlanta and just been super about just pouring into me as another black woman who is publicly um dealing with this type of vitriol she's been like a one folks in dc like people who work for byp 100 have been like pulling up to the meetings and and like just being a support and lending their political analysis and their like organizing framework and shit like that so that's been like that's been my whole heart i've been holding on to that for sure Real always going to recognize real. That's for sure. <laughs> we got to hold on to that real yeah, shit. You know, it's true. Like, it's true. I was talking about that with my therapist, like, and he was just telling me, he's like, bro, you just got to hold on. You got to hold on to all the love you got in your life and the people who support you. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I compare both, I'm like, I got so much more love than that, <laughs> than the fake. You know what I'm saying? So, but. Yeah, because even, even as I hear you talk about, like, all the critiques and shit, that um that you might be experiencing or whatever but from like my view of what i see like i've I've only seen and like this is for sure a skewed view because like who i follow or shit and shit you know but like i've seen (laughs) a a lot of love coming towards you know coming your way and not in a way that i've i don't know if i've seen it before um but I, I, I yeah, that's because you don't yeah. you don't have my mentions like you you are safe. <laughs> nah, something you like, are safe from the. Yeah, I seen this shit about the Coachella shit, and I seen the tweets. I'm like, oh, these niggas just you know these niggas is just reaching. That's 
what they do. But it's cool. I learned that you can you can mute your your mentions, so people who yeah. you don't follow they don't come into your mentions. So that should that be a blessing. Helping me a lot. <laughs> Hell yeah, that shit definitely. I'm like, oh my god, this is fucking magic. How did I not know? This is crazy. So that's my new wave. I'm like, what I don't see, I don't see, which feels good. But no, it's been it's been definitely a mix of positivity and negativity. But um, it's just like hundreds of thousands of people that used yeah. to be in my mentions you know what i mean at any on any given occasion based on anything and it got to the point where like i think sometimes it can be entertainment for people so they started people who really you know who probably never followed me saw some some other stuff that i had tweeted about the predominantly um, white audiences and they just put me on um like notifications or whatever do you know what i mean like how you can put yeah. you can put someone's yeah and i'm like so anytime i would tweet anything they would come for me like they would be like oh no name tweeted and then just attack stop what they're doing they're in the middle of safeway shopping <laughs> they stop what they're doing so crazy i'm like oh my god on the one hand i think it's funny that we're talking about it because like right now i'm pretty much on the like i'm shitting on twitter but um i really do love twitter for the fact that i was able to create a book club like i think I really do think social media can be a beautiful tool. Like, I don't want to just only shit on it because I do think it's possible to create, I don't want to say safe spaces, but it's it's possible to create more healing environments online. That is possible. Yeah. I know one thing I, I've noticed is, like, you're also super open to critique, you know, or, like, open to, like, growing. You know, oh, yeah, I feel like you've had a, a base of people, a base of support that is – you know, supported you through your growth too, you know? Um, like, for example, you know, you know, when he was at Cal performing, you went by No Name Gypsy, and then you learned more about, like, what the word Gypsy was, right? And then you dropped that from right. your name. Like, I feel like a lot of artists wouldn't do that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, just period, wouldn't do that. So can you talk about, you know, the role, like, folks have helped you in, in like, growing and whatnot? And how has that been yeah, growing um... and, you know, being called in and stuff like that? I mean, it always sucks to get called out for whatever thing, but I usually don't, I don't know, it's easy for me to learn and grow because I'm not coming from a point of, like, egoism and whatever the the topic is or the thing is. So, for example, like, with my name, or with everything, with my name, or when I said, like, capitalism wasn't evil and all these mishaps that I've had, I, it's literally from a place of ignorance, and so... I don't feel, you know, some type of way about changing it because I like, I really like learning. <laughs> so, you know, if someone says something and, I, and I'm in the wrong and I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't know, then I'll spend some time and educate myself and, and try to be better. Um, but yeah, I guess it's, it's never happened from a place where I've been cemented in, a, in an idea and someone has been like, like if someone came up to me and said something that's, you know, fundamentally against what I truly believe and what I stand for and what I've, you know, I've known for years and I would probably, there'd be some hesitation. Right. Um, but with everything else that I'm ignorant about, I'm like, Oh yeah, whatever. Like definitely. I don't want to offend people. Take that shit out of my name. Like it's not that deep <laughs> or the capitalism shit. I'm like, okay, well give me some books to read then. Like if you want to call me out, help me to get to the, to the knowledge part. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been, I guess it's been a blessing, but it's also 
it's hard to say that it has because when people decide that they, you know, they want to quote unquote educate you or call you out or whatever, it's never done out of love. Like it's yeah. always done to publicly embarrass you and to shame. really to to dis- shame you and destroy you. So I I have a weird relationship with right. like I really don't like to credit online folks to my growth because it's also led to a lot of depression. It's also led to, you know, like me, I quit drinking, but when I was still drinking, definitely some unnecessary, like, (laughs) vendors that I did not need and shit like that just because I, you know, people don't understand that when that stuff happens to you, you feel, because you you feel it, like you really, really feel it. And I know people are like, online bullying doesn't exist and da-da-da-da, but that when shit your is career real. is being online, that shit feels real. Like, most artists spend most of their day, like, online, whether it's their IG stories, it's a thousand IG stories, or they're on Twitter, or whatever it is. Most people, but specifically folks who make their money off the internet, like, people people like to talk about, you know, well, just get off Twitter, and I'm like, that shit pays my rent. Like, literally, <laughs> that is my job. Right. I can't just get off, you know? So, finding finding ways to take the criticism in, and um learn what I need to learn but push push out all the negativity um that's been a process but it feels good because I'm every day I'm I'm learning more and it's introduced me to so many different books and so many different people who are like-minded even my like my friend group has kind of shifted in some ways and expanded which you know I I'm really grateful for so yeah, I never have an issue with. I don't understand when people when people have an issue with learning. Like I understand why people don't want to be attacked because that that's not a place where yeah. most people can grow from. But like just generally, like like Kevin Hart, for example, <coughs> this nigga was like very much pressed that people felt some type of way. I'm like, bro, why do you? Why is this like? It's like tugging at something in you. Like why are you holding on to this thing so much? You know what I mean? Like that I don't get. I, th- I think intentions are on both sides of the coin, right? So, like, the ways that folks respond to being held accountable will let you know their intentions, and the way that folks try to hold you accountable will let you know their intentions. Like, if somebody calls me out on something and I take a step back and I, like, process what I did and look at the harm that was caused or whatnot or, like, look at, what, look at the ways I was ignorant and wrong, like, that means, like, all right, I'm actually I'm trying to do the work that's necessary for me to grow. Now, if I'm trying to hold somebody accountable and I'm just attacking their ass, like it also it depends. Like, well, white people, I'm not really calling them in. I'm calling them out. But like, you know, like with, <laughs> like if if Blake did something, you feel me? How I would how I would call him in? It wouldn't be from an attacking frame. You know what I'm saying? That just lets you know your intentions. Yeah. Some motherfuckers actually just trying to cause harm, and some folks not trying to acknowledge their harm. And it's like like if you did something, like the first thing I do is yell at you. Yeah. Nigga, you just gonna be on tip. Like yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not how learning works that's not how you people know learn. I mean? and then it's like, also you yeah, could tell you could just learn. you could tell people damn near just don't be outside like that like because if you're gonna engage with somebody outside you feel me like that you just gonna yell at them bro like the ways shit. that i've been held accountable by people have not been the way that motherfuckers on twitter try to hold me accountable like help being held accountable looks and i mean of course like I don't, it's like relationships matter and all that shit but like when you actually have had to have like you in somebody face and they do something wrong you're not gonna be as nigga depending on who it is depending on your temperament you're not finna just be snapping at motherfuckers the way people be doing yeah. right? like, i used to be a socialist nigga like <laughs> yeah, it's like nah like you're gonna right, be like, like hey fam let me holla at you 
Like, yo, you you might be tweaking, like, slow up. Like, usually if I'm in a conversation and somebody says something, like, if someone were to say something that I didn't agree with in a conversation, I wouldn't just outright be like, you dumb as fuck, da 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 Like, it just like, bro, do not how you like shit like conversations that. even work. Yeah. Like, yo, you might want to chill out. These are the reasons why. Come come talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's sit down for a quick second. And no, it's like. I mean, but yeah. That's just not the internet. Yeah. And all of us, But it is like, good to have these kinds of platforms, at least to, like, expand on ideas. Right. And I feel like a lot of us, you know, like, we come from colonial education spaces, you feel me? And then niggas learn about, you know, certain history, and then they use that history to shame other people now that they've learned it, right? So, like, like I teach, and, you know, one, one, one of the theories we teach in, in class is about intersectionality, Right. And a lot of times intersectionality is then like the next week, like people will be shamed, like, oh, you don't know what intersectionality is? I'm like, bro, y'all cannot go home for Thanksgiving dinner and be mad at your mama for not knowing what intersectionality is when you just learned about it two weeks ago. Like have the right. grace with your family and your people like who might not have had access to this language or access to this. Right. And then you got to like have grace and teach them because you didn't know two weeks ago. You feel me? And then now you're like, oh, I'm better than you because I know. You know, I read this book, right? Or I know this theory. Intellectual elitism—it's a thing. <sighs> Everybody walk around this motherfucker. It's a real thing. <laughs> Everybody walk around this motherfucker, all knowing and not making any mistakes. That's just what that shit is a privilege to even have the like to have the access to the knowledge is such a privilege that most people are not afforded. Like, even and that's the thing that people don't extend to, like you know, quote unquote celebrities and stuff like that. They assume. As soon as you get a check, I guess you get a college education and a specific <laughs> type of college education at that. And yeah. it's like, that's not what happens. Like, a lot of rich niggas don't know the same way a lot of people just don't know. Like, the people who do, hopefully they would have, like you said, like, grace and share that information, like, timely. <laughs> we all can, can have access to learn, but it's just, you know, it's the perception of your... Um, your proximity to wealth. People think the richer you are or the more famous you are, the more you are automatically supposed to know. And if you don't, it's like, well, you rich as hell, just Google it. Yeah. That, that doesn't, that's not how it works. And like, <laughs> even just saying just Google it, like, bro, do you know how much shit is going to respond? You feel me? It's like, you, you Literally, Google like, Black Liberation. You have no Nigga, research is hard as fuck. Bro, bro, you, you fucking, you search Black Liberation, Umar Johnson might come up or Charlamagne the guy. Like, bro, and that's who you're <laughs> supposed to listen to? Like, then... Yo, then, I saw, uh, I saw your, your, one of your tweets uh, about about the Marathon Book Club. That shit was definitely a, a messy take, a hot take. I was, like, was that what? was that mine? That was you, D. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I was, about was, to, I was just about to bring up... <laughs> and I was going to bring up, so... What my nigga Kings showed me in that moment, which which you kind of touched on earlier, was like you can't offer a critique and not give like some type of like solution. I guess like that's lazy as fuck. Like all right, I said or name the books. You know, it's just yeah. like y'all should stay yeah. like y'all should stay away from these books. Here are some books y'all can read in replacement. You know what I'm saying? But it's just that's like that. Yes. It's that. It's that. It's that fucking. I don't know. It's just that. I don't want to call it retroactive. I don't know what to call it, but it's just like you know, just responding to something when you got to think. Yeah. Like, no, nigga, a critique without a solution or counter. Yeah, a, a critique without a solution is lazy. Like that's just lazy as fuck. I, I thought that. I just thought that was so funny because someone had a a, a black woman um, had a similar critique about my book club, and she was like, "Well, you know, 
no name. She she reading all these blackivism books or whatever, but she needs to get into some intersectional feminism shit. And I don't know shit about when you even were talking about intersectionality, like I'm one person. I recently got into it, not got into it, but kind of with my little sister. Um, and purely because I don't know, like I, re- I really don't know. And instead of being like, I'm going to send you some, I'm going to email you some Bell Hook titles or some, you know, Aji Lord or some something. Yeah. This was like, fuck, fuck what you doing. That's not good enough. Um, without offering anything, without offering anything. And I know, I know lazy. why we do that. <laughs> it's a very human thing to do, but it is, it's like non-productive. Like it just doesn't, it's like, okay, cool. You shot on us and we still don't have no new titles. Like yeah, that, that was, hum- <laughs> that was humbling for me. I really, I really like, yeah, I appreciate that. I'm like, bro, I need to do better. Like, because I easily the, the, just like the, the told petty person in me wanted to like that tweet so bad. So <laughs> <laughs> I really did, but I was like, nah, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't. So, so um, just thinking about some books, I know you said your mom had a um, a bookstore and whatnot. So, what what role has books played in your political growth and, and development? And what are some books that you would recommend for some of our listeners? Um, ooh, so I have a weird relationship with books. I, um, I like barely graduated high school on some, I like education, traditional education just didn't click with me. So I was very much against reading. Like I, I can talk about the bookstore now with this, you know, very luzzy, dovey, reminiscent aspect, but I really hate working in there. I used to hate being in there on some kitty shit. Like, I'm not trying to read. Like, and I'm already bad at it. Like, and people tease me when I read aloud, like, in in grade school. So having those experiences in grade school, when you, I don't know, but when kids get a negative, negative reinforcement on, like, any sort of educational process, and then you continue into high school, you at least with me, it didn't drive me to want tutoring in that thing or anything. I just kind of completely was like, okay, fuck it. I'm, that's not me. So I I now have been just with book club getting back into reading. So even when I, I saw you guys were going to ask me about what are some of my favorite books and stuff like that, like what would I recommend? Like I, I hate to be the corny person and just only recommend books from book club, but those are the only books I've read in <laughs> years, <Yeah. laughs> like literal years. So, um, one, I can't say, I always talk about pedagogy of the oppressed or pedagogy of the oppressed. I haven't even not read sure that. not sure how you say. See, how can I talk about so the show that we talked about? I the, haven't even the read that. So, so, so good. Yeah. You read it? Yes, yes. I read parts, chapters. That's what's up. Yeah, the I first chapter, so fire. The first two chapters are definitely my favorite. Um, especially, like, given the work that you that you do, I think you would like it a lot. But it's very... It, I don't know. For me, it like it's I always say it kind of calls you to action. Like it's hard to read that book and understand um, like the banking model of education and really understanding what it means to be the oppressed in terms of like liberatory efforts and stuff. You know what I mean? Because his whole thing is like the oppressed are kind of responsible for our own liberation like we can't get it which i mean i guess you probably already know that but like for me bernie sanders ain't gonna make us free (laughs) that's not gonna do it like that's not it um and it sucks because it 
the oppressed are responsible for liberation generally, which means also that means the liberation of folks who exist in spaces of privilege. And you don't want to be, who wants to be the person who's been like brutalized their entire life and now I gotta, I gotta save the world for all of us? Like, why can't it, why can't it come from the top down with all the power is? Like, that's what it should be. But obviously, like, that's not what it is. So reading that book definitely was like, oh, damn, let me get on my shit. And also he has this thing uh, where he's like, the vocation, the vocation of being, and I'm butchering his shit, but like the vocation of being more fully human is like being in pursuit of liberation. So constantly being in pursuit of your freedom is what makes you human, is what gives you your humanity. Um, and so I never thought about that to, to know that I'm almost living a half life if I'm not fighting for my for the fullest extent of my freedom um and then I was like oh hell no I'm yeah I'm fighting (laughs) for this shit I want to be fully human like no I can't go um so that book and then for this past month we just read um The Wretched of the Earth uh for December and that's by uh Fanon that book is very fire very dense. Both of these are very dense, but if we're talking about my politics, these are books that have I, I've been like circling around. Didn't finish it. Only got only got through like the first half of the book, um, but his whole first chapter on violence is really really good and interesting, and um, definitely made me feel some type of way because I I really used to hold on to the whole you know the speaking on MLK, but the MLK sentiment of the nonviolence, da, da, da. even though he did become like more radical towards the end of his life, what I've always known him for was the nonviolent shit. And so to hear Fanon be like, hell no, we got to do the loop today. Shit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my <laughs> like, I guess you're right. Like, maybe it is historically violent. Like, it definitely is, so maybe that's what it will always be. Um, as, that was good. That was good to just read and talking and less even less about the violence too, but just him talking about colonization and learning about um, sort of his perspective from like the African uh, aspect of colonization, which I don't really know much about. Like I, I know about it very vaguely, but not for real for real so digging into that was dope um just started reading die nigger die this month for book club but i'm only in the forward so i can't really talk too too much on it but his story alone just based off to the forward basically gives you a full synopsis of the man's life and um i definitely would suggest people pick it up i'm so excited to like actually start just because he i think he goes by Jamil Alamine now, but it was like H. Rat Brown, Brown yeah. from before, yeah. And him just being like this, still a political prisoner, and his whole journey and his militancy and and his politic, all of that, very very inspiring. Um, I think I just I want to read books that call me to action, like a book that fires me up. Um, in one way or another, whether it makes me like the books that I just, okay, so on some um, like fiction shit, like on some more creative 
book shit. I just got finished reading um, Sabrina and Karina, which is this book of short stories about um, indigenous and Mexican women. And this fucking book, I'm telling you, please get it. It's so good. It's gonna, it's gonna like, it's one of those like Toni Morrison style books where the writing just holds you, but something about it is also like devastating and you don't, you don't want to go, you don't want to go further in, but you can't stop reading it. It's like that. Yeah. It's, it's, um, so yeah, those are my those are my like top my top books right now for sure. What so I haven't read much over the last like year or so, and it was wild. I probably just tapped myself out on reading because from like 2016 to fucking 2018, I read hella books. Like it was so proud that I was reading. Like, <laughs> one year off a show got like 20 books in, 25 books in. That might have been like 2016, I think. But like what? What what has been your process for reading now? It's just like, all right, I'm gonna read during the day, or like right when I wake up, or right when I go to bed, because like at this point, I don't even know how to find time for that shit. Especially if it's, I guess I gotta find something captivating. But there's also shit like I just need to read, you know, even if it's not as fun to read it. Like so, like what's your process for reading right now? For me, well, I'm, and this goes back into like my privilege based on my job. Like rappers don't really like if you're not in the studio or at a show. Niggas don't be having shit to do. Like, I be at so the crib. <laughs> so <laughs> I have hella, <laughs> I have hella free time. Like, I read. So I read most of Sabrina and Karina on my flight back to LA. Um, so I definitely like. I I love reading on flights because it just feels like so, something about it feels like the time doesn't exist for real. So I always feel like it didn't take anything out of my day to be reading on that flight. Um. I love reading in the morning. Like I love reading maybe right after I've had breakfast. Um, Cause I'm, I'm just super clear and fresh and I'm not, I don't know. It's hard to read. It's hard for me to read before bed. Cause I always fall asleep and I'm in whatever the last couple pages I've read, I always have to double back. Cause my brain is just like, in don't even remember you read it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what, what the fuck did I read? But, mornings and I also read a lot at the library like and this you know this goes back into my free time shit but most of the time I'm like I'm wanting to get out the house because I can be a homebody so I'll go to the library and just read for a couple hours and just be there chilling but I'm, I'm looking at the library like a lot like I know people <laughs> are like she's just doing this shit for whatever and I'm like but you, I'm, I'm really in that thing and I really <laughs> I be in the library it's free it's hella free. Other people be in there, so you kind of feel like you in community, but you still, you know, you got your isolation because it's quiet. Like, don't talk like to that. me like that. Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, right. don't don't talk to me. You over there, I'm over here. But if we want to talk, we can. We can get a little, you know, a little study room type shit if we want to have a meeting. They're dope. They're dope. They, I mean, they're they've got their issues. Like, they've definitely got their issues. But the ones in LA have been really good about also like allowing houseless people to be in there and utilizing the resources like computers and shit like that so yeah that's that's what a lot of folks i feel like don't realize too is that like libraries are also like can be like havens for houseless people to to get resources whether it's like using the restroom or getting a book or being able to get on the computer you know so like being in there just like being in shelter for however long like a lot of people started coming at me for the library shit i'm like y'all don't go to the library because it'd be hella houseless people chilling (laughs) 
and and not being bothered by by any police or or any librarians like i understand that it's not that way in every community but a lot of libraries are trying very hard to be good about that shit. i mean shit, yeah not even just houses but like poor folks in general i think about nigga when i didn't have a laptop i was fresh out of college no laptop that's where i was doing a lot of my writing it that's how i was able to apply to jobs that's why i was printing my resume <laughs> Like it's yeah, that Dang, shit is, it's, it's a resource. With no money, absolutely. Yeah, that shit is library. a resource. Yeah. And they offer free classes. Like I took hella free classes at the library when I was like in my early twenties, or whatever. Like just because it was there. The library around the corner from my house got tools and shit. Like it'd be it'd be some. <laughs> Talking about tools and shit. Yeah, libraries are resources. I, I for sure need to go get a library card. I the Oakland sure. Library has definitely been like. They've been so excited about book club. I've been so surprised. Like out of almost every other branch, they've been like, they've been writing articles and shit and retweeting shit. I'm like, oh my god, y'all are like really about this book club. Y'all with this shit for sure. <laughs> yeah, That's fire. We we've seen a, a lot of support around the different efforts you have going. So let's let's talk about fuck Amazon Day. Hashtag fuck Amazon Day. Hashtag fuck Amazon. <laughs> I wanted to make sure because, I mean, yeah, I wanted to make sure I had the right, we, we had the right understanding of what the purpose for, the purpose of Fuck Amazon Day was. Um, mm -hmm. Was it, so I, I took a few things away from it, right? Like solidarity with their workers because we know Amazon is known for treating their workers like shit. Um, the support of local bookstores. Uh, and then, of course, taking money from a big ass corporation. And then also to use a library yeah. as well, yeah, right? To, yeah, to use libraries. And then uh, utilize a free library, yeah. Yeah. So can you talk about um, the community effort around Fuck Amazon Day and how all that went? Sure, yeah. So Fuck Amazon, Fuck Amazon Day was a very much like a, a Twitter and Instagram kind of thing. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like a real, I guess it was a movement a little bit but it was like a very small baby online thing. So um, I kind of just, I just thought it would be clever. I thought um, this would be a good way to get people to go to the library. Like, I, I don't know. I would tweet like, hey guys, don't spend your money. The library's free. And niggas would not care. And not to be like, people need to be, you know, people need a movement or something that's bigger than them to get behind. But sometimes we kind of do, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted it to be not about me. Like, I didn't want it to be like, no name is doing this thing. I kind of wanted it to just be like all about Amazon. Like, I just wanted to put it on something else. Um, for the reasons that you mentioned, but also just to get the idea in people's mind that this thing is inherently unhealthy for us. Because I think that's what we don't, I think it's always like, maybe it's, kind of in the back of my mind and we know it's not good inherently but i wanted it to be very like in people's face a bunch of flyers a bunch of retweets a, like very aggressively like hell no nah, fuck amazon um why do we why do we pour into these institutions for what and i didn't think people i thought it would just be like a you know a twitter thing where people would go to their library and send me pictures which they did like a lot of them but also hella people um, they deleted their crime account, which I was, I never asked people to do yeah, that, saw that at all. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, people are really like wanting 
I don't know. I feel like we're in a weird, a weird time with our generation where folks are, we're understanding of these systems being inherently against us. Um, and we want to do something, but the energy is like, it often gets misplaced or it doesn't have a place where it can be nourished. And, and folks, in, in the fuck Amazon day, it just it kind of showed me how many people are, are like really desperate for community, for spaces to engage, to, to disengage from capitalism in whatever small ways they can. Um, so that was encouraging. Like, that was really, really encouraging. It was like, oh my God, so many people deleted their problems. <laughs> like, I was really surprised. I was very surprised by that. That was like, and who knows, maybe they just did it to tweet it and then they got it right back. I don't know. But I doubt it. Like, it really seemed like people were um, understanding what I was trying to do and the statements that I was trying to make. NPR blew me because I did an interview with them prior and I only did it because my PR sent it to me and, you know, he kind of he positioned it like this is one of the, you know, the biggest morning radio specials or whatever and so I'm like okay well I'm always struggling between what no name the person wants to do and what is productive to do for the club like is this press even though no name doesn't want to do this press like Fatima doesn't want to do this press is this productive for book club like does book club need it yeah and they get your um, message across too I still struggle with that yeah and they just they called it like library registration day and had a bunch of like they just made it so PC and yeah, they took away the Amazon shit. element. <laughs> they, they really, a, they really did. I'm they like, put a trademark over your shit. <laughs> I was so pressed. I'm like, they took out all of the, like, it's called Fuck Amazon Day for a reason. Like, something about that name is so on par to what it is. Like, you know they what took I mean? the like, anti-capitalist to aspect angry. out of it. Yeah, like that, they just put a neoliberal shit on there right there. They're like, all right. <laughs> no name loves the libraries and, and even even more than that, she loves librarians. And I'm like, this had nothing to do with no fucking librarians. No <laughs> librarians, because y'all know I do fuck with y'all, but that wasn't what that was about. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what that was about. So yeah, that's like I, I I wanted to see I wanted to see if people would rock with me and people did and they pulled up and it it's one of those things where I think I'm gonna just continue to do it. Like I think it should be an annual thing and every year we'll have one um and maybe they'll expand and they'll maybe it'll be beyond just like go to the library maybe we'll add new things like okay mm-hmm. fuck amazon day spend two hours here volunteering or da 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 i don't know but it's definitely something i think can grow like i didn't even think that many people would go i thought like maybe 50 people would go but hella people went so yeah. that was dope that's the beautiful part about organizing too, you know, is like seeing like that tangible shit based off the shit you're organizing around, you know, and then like shit, you have no idea what it could even grow into. You feel me? That was year one. So imagine like the shit you can do the second time you do it. You feel me? Cause you already have people tapped in. So that's what's uh, that's saucy. Yeah. Definitely want to. I'm trying. You. Yeah. Want to, want to congratulate you on that. I thought it was dope. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's like, that's sweet to hear. Cause I definitely was tweaking on holiday. Like, oh, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? <laughs> do you ever do that? Do you ever like? Do you ever wonder why? Why are you doing so much? Like, not like so much like, oh my god, look at me giving my everything. But like, just things that you don't have to do that people can 
can critique. Do you ever feel, because sometimes I feel like I'm putting myself in these positions to be critiqued for what? Like, why am I yeah. doing this? Like, because like you sacrifice. even some people, some people who fuck with me, um, one of my close homies, he actually was like, you know, I'm fucking with the whole fuck Amazon day. I see what you're trying to do, but you are bringing negativity to you by, by calling it that. You know what I mean? Like something about, some, the way people are going to approach that labeling is going to be with anger because you're, you know, labeling it in anger. Um, and he was right. I mean, he definitely was right. But at I the mean, same time, I'm like, that's the I most simple know. way to describe it, though, is like, fuck Amazon. Nigga. Like, <laughs> why, do we have to, why do we have to water? Why do we have to water down our disgust? with the system yeah. i don't understand that's literally like, i was like i don't want to be angry why can't i be angry right like, like our, why does it have to sound polite exactly and it's like you got to think about it too you feel me even with your npr interview right it's like you said fuck amazon and look what they took that and made it into if you don't make things clear you give people a chance to take it on one which they're already trying to do but you got to make things very they do regardless yeah, yeah. you got to make it very clear so even like i feel like when i try to when i when i'm doing interviews i just be like all right i gotta say this shit as radical as possible because I know they gonna try to fucking put it through the neoliberal washing machine and spit it out as something else. But what's crazy is I actually did, and they edited my shit. Like the type of conversation we haven't, we didn't talk. We didn't talk for the same length that we've been talking, but we talked for a minute. Like I was in a studio, uh, I pulled up to the NPR studios or whatever, and was talking to them for like twenty minutes, and they edited that shit down to a minute and posted the the only the like very few pieces of like pc language that they could put in there they did um because i said hella shit i'm like damn y'all really the the what do they call them the mainstream media or whatever and they're supposed to be i mean i i guess it goes into the liberal shit but i really thought i don't know i was like oh yeah. reaching out to do this they must they see what it's about so they must want to report it the way that it is right but yeah it's been it's been interesting figuring out the like the spaces where I should say things in a certain yeah. way and to not like I still haven't figured that out. I mean, but then also like I've tried to when when I try to change the uh, yeah when I try to not be as radical, it doesn't come out that like it doesn't come out the way I need it to come out. Like if I'm trying to, I think about the ways I navigate the nonprofit sector of, of my work. And whenever I step into a meeting, I don't just say things for what they are. Like, it's not as impactful. I'm stumbling over what I'm trying to say. I feel anxious you know, and shit I get sometimes. Anxious. I'm like, because I'm not being true to myself. That's the end of my body screaming out like, no, nigga. Like, <laughs> that's not how it's supposed to go. Like, go in there and tell these motherfuckers what it is. Because yeah. that's who you are. Like, that's just, that's, that's who party. you are. That's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got you to. I haven't succeeded at watering down what I'm trying to say. I haven't had any success at it. It's only made things work and it's made, it's made me feel less credible to myself. And then I got to go home and look myself in the mirror like, damn, nigga, you just played yourself. <laughs> you just played yourself. Yeah. Uh, something, something we spoke on earlier was around, you know, whiteness and music and, and all and music all around, right? But um, I think something that's, it, it, in reference to like Coachella, right? And white folks being on all the shows and white folks buying albums and merchants and shit. But I think something that's often left out of that conversation um, is class privilege and access. Uh, and then whenever you do start talking about access and class privilege, even the takes around those can be anti-black. I remember earlier this year, I tweeted, or earlier last year, I tweeted something about Rolling Loud 
uh, about the crowd being predominantly white. And niggas was like, well, if niggas could buy Jordans and Gucci belts and smoke weed, whatever, they can afford a ticket to the to the festival. I'm like, why is it that black folks always got to? And why is it always the first time that that's the first shit you say? Oh, Gucci belt and Jordans. Like, the, nigga, what? But the thing is, why is it? <laughs> like, Coachella. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm yeah. actually. I'm not, I'm not like, uh, you know, an angel when it comes to that shit either. Cause I definitely, when, when, uh, I went on my little rant or whatever, I definitely said that shit. I definitely was like, not Gucci belts, but <laughs> I was like, y'all go see my other black homies, like, you know, shows and he not, that's know, different not though. rich or some shit like that. Y'all go to his shit. Y'all go to the baby shit. Y'all go to Megan shit. Um, yeah. I know you got twenty five dollars to see me because I know you. I see you at everybody else's shows, and some of them shows more expensive than my shit. That's so a, that's like, a different take. Though. I know that yeah. shit is counterproductive, but I yeah, and there is a class privilege. Privilege. There is definitely a class privilege for sure because a lot of the times I think I don't think it's that most niggas don't have the money. I think white folks have it the day the tickets drop, the second. The tickets hit, uh, you know, your website. They're able to just buy all of that shit, like, in, in, within, like, an hour. Whereas yeah. sometimes there's communities and people who are like, I need, I need to make sure this check clears. I need to pay my rent first and then handle some things. And then I'm going to go get the ticket. And then they look up and all the tickets are gone. Do you, do you work with a booking agent? I do. I do, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, I actually, I just, I had to change my booking agent. Um recently i have a new now yeah I, I know for like for like street rap if that's the genre I'm, i want to call it whatever but i can remember a booking agent that i work with saying like don't be don't worry about low ticket sales because for this crowd and he was basically saying for niggas that like street music they're gonna buy their tickets at the door like that's, that's, literally, what that's literally what he told me he was like don't worry about this low ticket count right now because it's going to sell out day of because most people only can get their tickets the day of the show. Or if you're paying in cash too, you feel Yeah, me? like some niggas actually don't have or debit cards. Yeah, but if you think about Coachella, that's a three day festival. I'm like sh- I'm I'm sure the tickets cost like over five hundred dollars for that weekend. I don't even want niggas to spend money on Coachella. <laughs> they hopefully <laughs> don't listen to this. I hope they don't listen. They don't listen. But um, yeah, don't spend your money on that shit. That shit is ridiculous. Why? For what? I they mean, I, be I, frank, I yeah. guess. But I think about music festivals in general, like especially like a rap festival, like Rolling Loud. Like that's a rap festival. Like niggas gonna niggas gonna want to go to that. But you know why is it that niggas always got to be the ones that got to make adjustments and not the systems like why is it that we the ones that can't that we got to stop wearing a designer we got to stop wearing shit why is it always placed who, on who, us who owns it is it is it owned by like um white folks rolling yeah. out yeah it's, it's for sure not owned by black people i don't know See, what the nigga until, that, until we are like the owners of like our production but even afropunk right afropunk is but i thought afropunk was black as hell though is, is it not yeah, that shit, but that shit cost though, ain't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I've heard like I've yeah, seen critiques. I mean, it's not cheap. Yeah, I've yeah. seen critiques of organizers wherever they do this shit, who'd be like, "Yeah, Afropunk be on some some shit for whatever different reasons." Um, but yeah, so I just think like class privilege and access should always be acknowledged when you talk about the consumption or purchasing of music. It's true. It's true because it plays a major factor. Like. A major, a major factor. 
I don't I don't know if it can change if we don't if we're not creating our own um spaces within entertainment. Yeah, for sure. Like I really don't know. Um which that should make me sad. That's kinda why I I, I kind of after these next couple shows that I have I'm not really interested in continuing because I don't wanna keep working within frameworks that weren't built for the people who I want to be there. <laughs> um but I don't know. I don't have enough money to just create my own shit. And even if I did, how do you control that? Like, I was thinking about that even. That's why I was like, you know, I guess I have to stop touring too. Because even if I wanted to tour and I wanted to play black venues, when the tickets are online, it just looks like a venue to everybody else. They're not going. It's not like people are like, oh, this is black owned. Because everyone was like, well, you need to do, you need to do all the venues in the hood. And I'm like, you don't understand how this shit works. Like. They don't care. They will pull up everywhere. Like, if they want to see an artist, they're going to see their artist. Yeah, white folks have no problem. That I mean, that's just how white people navigate the world in general. Like, it's no space. I'm like, that's literally there's how no space you can't keep these niggas. Like, right. they afraid to go to the hood? Like, Bruh. there's no space you can't keep literally are like, oh, we're going to take the hood. Fuck it. Like, even we plan these Black History Month concerts and, like, we literally have to tell the white students, like, y'all, this shit is not for you. Go to the fucking back and let black people be in the front. Literally, it's a whole Black History Month concert. We still got to do the same, same shit. Like, they're so entitled to space. There's been there's been a few white folks who have actually emailed me like, hey, I've been, I've been reading along with book clubs, and I really love it. Um, just wondering, and I don't want to disrespect anybody, and I see that the space is there for POC, but is it okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Like, you, I, we prioritize POC, so if it's some extra space cool if not then you know catch us next time but but i i don't know i think it is hard um i think it is hard to see people take it personally when folks are intentionally creating spaces for themselves like white folks like, just don't can't take it. it's yeah. not about you like it's they, not about you they just it's can't okay. seem to understand like why they can't have everything you know it's just like why can't i come because you can't, nigga, this is not for you. Why is it not for me? <laughs> they just like Why? They just can't. Why? Like, I think about it, somebody was like, okay, no cishead niggas are allowed. I would not sit up there and be like, why I can't come? <laughs> like, this ain't for me, nigga. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's that's not for me. Yeah, like, this ain't my <laughs> that's space. not for me. And also, like, just thinking about the fact that, you know, people are not even really afforded space in this world. Like, the few times that we have to can't they just have something, ourselves, my nigga? Can we not just have something? Like, damn. Um, and, and so that gets kind of hard and low key, even yesterday I posted a petty ass, that petty ass, um, MLK meme where it's like him in the sky smiling while it's another black nigga like, with the, with the whip, <laughs> with the whip and shit. I just think that shit is so funny. Like, people um, would be hurt by that? White folks be sick, huh? People really, no, white folks definitely, I posted on, on the book club page and this dude commented like, this is counterproductive for you know, revolution, like, eventually we're going to all have to come together, like, that's what this is about. Da, da, da. Um, hold on, who said that? <laughs> and the dude was Brazilian, actually. He wasn't even white. He later was like, um, because he said something like, you need to, you know, uh, like, this isn't the answer either. And sent me this video about, and, and it was like this white guy talking <laughs> about how uh, he doesn't like those types of memes or whatever the fuck. But then he goes, and then after I was like, you know, this is just a meme. Y'all literally will lynch people. Like, 
it's not that deep. You can deal with this. Yeah, y'all still telling like, people. Oh, I'm, I'm actually Brazilian. <laughs> I'm like, nigga, what? <laughs> he could be a white Brazilian too. <laughs> like, that doesn't mean. <laughs> <laughs> and that's also very true. Like, and that's also very real. You said nigga, what? That shit is so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? You said nigga, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a meme. Like, it's a meme. Like, all right, the I media be able asking what's nationality. Like, if we're not getting no, we're not getting no reparations. We're not getting no, I'm not getting no money sent to my account daily based off the fact that y'all did what y'all did to my, my granny people. Like, I'm a post a meme and you got to eat that shit. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I know, I know it's not politically correct. I know it's hella poor white people who exist. I know, I know, I know. But like, shit. that shit funny. That shit funny to me. <laughs> that shit funny. And then a lot of them poor white niggas still vote, vote for Trump. Shit. A lot of them poor white niggas is anti-black <laughs> as fuck. This is very true. MAGA. <laughs> Some of them aren't. Some of them aren't. Some of them aren't. Yeah. There's a there's a couple allies. I don't want to just not pretend like yeah. it's not like. But allies ain't getting offended people. by shit like that though. If they an ally, like you know, there's some white folks who help us with PBO, and I'm like, I I I say whatever the fuck I want to say, and they understand that they don't feel offended. Because if the shoe don't fit, nigga, don't wear it. Or if you know the history of your people, <laughs> you know how this applies. <laughs> Y'all are some fucking really, terrorists. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, bro. I know you know history. Like, I know you know slavery existed at least. Yeah, they act like that shit was so far away. That was two hundred years ago. Like, no, it's not. It's not true. Why do we have to pay reparations for something we didn't even do? The same reason why you get to keep benefiting from it, nigga. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why most of my niggas like incarcerated? Like, even just the like the bond system. I mean, the I mean the list can go on and on about how black and brown people are disenfranchised. Like, I be thinking that shit is very regular pbs news type shit like how do y'all not see this shit but then again everyone doesn't have the education and depending on where you live in you're not gonna you're not gonna know like you're gonna be fed whatever rhetoric is on fox news and you're not gonna know so Mm -hmm. but at the same time let me post my music in peace (laughs) (laughs) for so so i know one thing you was talking about a second ago was just like you know not want to necessarily go on tour, you know, um, and about, you know, take a little bit of a break from music. So what are some dreams that you got for yourself and what are your hopes for yourself, you know, moving forward? Um, my biggest dream right now is to expand upon book club. So I want book club to be in every city all over. Like I, I want to, I want it to be a national thing for real, for real here. Um, like people are participating online nationally and reading in their respective cities, but I want an actual chapter in every city. Um, and then beyond that, I really want to make some like, you know, diasporic connections type shit. Like I want, I want chapters in, in different countries in Africa. I want chapters in different islands and Europe, wherever black people are, I want a chapter there. Um, and then I want to figure out a way to somehow connect us because that's one thing that I I really long for is like connections with black folks globally um I really long for that shit because I think we could go so crazy if we were connected like which I know that's like I know I'm not gonna be the person to be able to do that but that's like a dream of mine that's probably my biggest dream it used to be like goofy shit like I want a Grammy 
But um, <laughs> I'm like, Goofy. I'm, you still want a Grammy? I'm, you I'm, can do both. I'm good. I don't want no fucking Grammy. I'm good. And let me not call it Goofy because, I mean, that means a lot to some people. Like, it's still, oh, whatever. It's the Grammys. Actually, I don't care. People can, <laughs> people can feel some type of way about it. I'm like, I can't be PC forever. Like, yeah. I don't really care about that shit. It is but, what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, so yeah, I wanna I wanna keep building out book club. I really wanna get in these prisons and start prison chapters. Um, that's gonna be that's like more a long term thing. But I've been working with different organizers already who do that work, and they've been so supportive of of book club. And they're like, you know, whatever you need, we already have, you know pen pals and folks who we are already working with on the inside who can make it happen and who can help you organize. Um, but the first thing I have to do is figure out how to um, list these bands that they have because damn near all of the books that we read are banned. Um, and I'm not, I'm not picking a like watered down book for book club just because that shit is banned. I'm like, I'm going to figure out a way to to do something i'm gonna try to i wish some, this is the only time i'll be wishing like i wish i was more famous like i wish i had beyonce money only so i can do the shit that i really want to do like because me and my little bit of celebrity is not enough to like nationally change the the way prisons distribute books but i'm gonna try <laughs> so i'm definitely like i'm gonna try because i can't go like i just can't go i want niggas reading what we read at and that's that's it that's all like i'm not i'm not picking any watered down books because of the book ban like i can't yeah so that's another goal of mine is figuring out like what organizations are already trying to do that work i know pen america has um like a petition and they've been doing a lot of stuff so possibly linking with them possibly linking with some other folks whoever is is trying to push push it through i'm like how can i be an ally what can i do um so yeah and i don't even think it's a money thing i think it's more so like it has to become a national issue for people right like that's what that's what has to really happen it's like it has to be there has to be like a large outpouring of hate for this specific thing but the thing is people still have these like these connotations of prisoners and they don't they're still so many people who don't believe that they're at least deserving of their humanity. Yeah. Um, and so, like, even when I was tweeting about, like, oh, can you sign a petition? Please, please, I'm begging you, please sign a petition. Hella people were like, what well, ain't in there for a reason? So, who gives a fuck? That's that anti-blackness. And it could be even internalized, too, because it comes from our own people as well. And so that changes. It's like, well, like, we have to be the ones to be like, no, they don't get to do this. They don't get to say Malcolm X book can't be read in prison like they don't get to they don't get to enslave people in this way and not allow them access even even um the die nigger die book the, the man is literally in jail and he wrote the book and he can't even get his own book like shit like That's that wow. just is crazy to me and infuriating and horrible like there's so many writers and who who have been published outside of prison through different orgs and they can't get their actual published work back to them in prison yeah. Isn't that crazy? Can you imagine if you made an album and like whatever the fuck that was around you said you cannot hear that shit ever? Like and that's your shit. Yeah, and that's they what? they'd be like punishing, you know, prisoners who be educating people and like holding like study sessions too. So like 
Uh, my uncle Jalil, he was in the Black Panther Party. He's a political prisoner currently. He was educating hell with prisoners and shit on like slavery and the 13th Amendment. And he got sent to the shoe for hell long, just but based off of educating. So it's like, even when you're educating people, I've heard about that. I heard they shit. do that a lot to like prison organizers. Yeah, there's always that repression, even within the prison walls and shit. If you want to tap into this next part of our episode, tap in with our Patreon, patreon.com slash hellblackpod. If you white, pay the fuck up. You feel me? But patreon.com slash hellblackpod. Tap in. <laughs>